Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team what up and welcome to a episode of pine tar for breakfast i know it is crazy times right now and well with these podcasts we're going to try to get through it without any sports without people losing their minds uh without just literally without sports in general um we're going to get into that i got tom mccarthy coming on the voice of your philadelphia phillies and we're going to discuss a lot of things and, you know, just try to get through this time and try to have some fun with everything else in perspective because um, it is a time that we just need to stick together, stay kind, and listen to Pine Tar for breakfast. Why not? Right here. In the air to left field. What up? And welcome, as we said earlier, to the Pine Tar for Breakfast podcast. And I have with me the great Tom McCarthy. Welcome back to Pine Tar for Breakfast. Um, I mean, it's more than a privilege because I love the guy more than anything. So it, it, it's uh, it's fun having this guy on. You know him. You hear him. Tom McCarthy. Hi, Tom. Hi, Kev. How you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you? Uh, without baseball, I am I am bored. And I understand there's like a grand, you know, you have to look at the grand spectrum. So I, I started this whole thing off today saying, this is about baseball. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not anything that's going to, you know, cure anything on this. I'm hoping to cure a little bit of people's baseball intake or sports intake I don't care what it is but just to get their minds off of what's going on uh in our world so I thought yeah that, I mean that's honestly what we've been trying to do at home in the last keep their minds off it um yeah I mean it's uh, it's hard to I mean because every time we had something go on in this world we've had sports kind of lean on we don't have that anymore like we no. just don't have it right now no and that's that's the tough part is okay so I don't want to ever equate it to 911 but when it comes to shutting down of our world our sports world and everything it is the closest thing I think in in the last you know recent memory and you know a week later things started to, to go again and and you know 
the one little game that may be or the multiple games that may be took people's mind off of that, you know, the the just devastation that we had to endure for just an hour or two. And right. we don't have that right now. We have yeah, Tom no. Brady signing with Tampa Bay. That's what yeah. we have. Right. And and getting his physical in New York instead of down in Tampa because he doesn't want to fly um, or doesn't want to fly all the way down there. Yeah. I mean, that's that is what we have. It. It's I, I'm, my hope is that, you know, they talk about the new norm, that it's just this is just the case for the next several weeks. And then we can kind of start getting back to what we used to have or something close to it. I don't know if we will. You know, I mean, we've all I mean, none of us, as you said, none of us are scientists or anything like that. So it's hard for us to even have an opinion about it. I mean, all the information. You know what I did Ke- yesterday, Kev? I, re- I, I watched Adam Silver's. Oh. Uh, and he's been really good. I mean, he's he's been realistic. I mean, obviously, he was the first person who decided that we were going to change things. Um, and I think every other league kind of followed their lead. I mean, baseball did it several days earlier with the, you know, nobody allowed in the clubhouse, yeah. six feet away from, you know, the players as far as interviews go. I mean, that seems that seems so minute compared to this. I mean, people were up in arms about it, you know, and it's so, it's so minute now, but Adam Silver yesterday said, he said, realistically said, I cannot start to think about sports. On how we're going to do it, meaning the NBA season, he said, but until the CDC gives us guidelines, we can't really even start to speculate when we're going to start playing again. Isn't that crazy to think like all, all the yeah. stuff that goes on and, and you're going, okay, well, what's next? Well, no one knows what's next because no, no one has a guideline. And I think, you know, I I've always been a fan. I, he's about the only commissioner that I can sit out there and say, wow, I, I absolutely love and adore because the way he goes about things, the way he is with players, the way he is with ownership and understanding how big of a game and business side everything it is for the world right MEA yeah um and so I I love listening to him speak I feel like there's a different perspective by him and then he brought up like well there's three scenarios that we're like thinking of he goes it's not something that he goes we're just trying to like think of every option like every day goes down right and you got to think of every option and one is playing not playing in front of fans uh you know having uh just you know the, the, how about like having a few guys play like a fundraiser game, see if there's a way to like swab them, have them tested. Next thing you know, if they're clean, now they could get their game on TV. I'm going, this guy's thinking outside the box, which I appreciate because he understands the national psyche, I think is the word that he used. Because right. sports, that's what it is. It's a national psyche for so many people. We're accustomed to things. And I, I it, it just it's crazy to think that, I would right now. I'm hoping that they televise the uh, the KBO or the or the Japan, you know, professional league. I, I, I well, think that, that would be that would be amazing. Right, because they they probably. I mean, there, there's no doubt they will start before there's any thought of of the United States starting anything. Yeah, yep. so I would agree with that. I think they would. I mean, even if it's just to appease, um, wet our whistle, so to yes. speak. You know? Yes. And, and I actually think it would be good for baseball. Oh, it'd be, a, be tremendous. I thought about that, that they'll probably start up. I, I doubt they'll show anything like any of the China professional basketball, because that'll start up before us, too, because the relationship's not that great right now. But, yeah, that something like that would be 
I don't know. That I mean, people would watch it. There's no doubt people would watch it. And what's crazy is we've all, you know, we're, we're getting more and more guys from Korea, more guys from Japan, I think, over the years. And it's like, okay, well, this would be another another way to get acquainted with seeing who who and what, right? You got Shohei Otani yeah. and the, the Shogo, uh, the guy for the, the Reds. Um, it's it just another – just another platform, and yeah. Well, let's let's hope that we're talking about that in the next couple weeks that we can do something. Different. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I mean, I'll even you know how they have you ever seen? Um, man, it was a Japanese show, and it ended up becoming Wipeout here in in America, and <laughs> and they would have it all dubbed in in uh, English. It was all Japanese dubbed in English, and it was hilarious. I'm going, we could do that with baseball games, Japanese <laughs> baseball games. It'd be amazing. Yeah, we would screw up all the names, though. But it would be practice, and it, it would be- get the game out there, and it would get people mm-hmm. that, you know, they didn't have to watch it on mute. They could watch it with our voices on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin, you know, for you, it, we look at the situation, and, and a lot of people, uh, you know, obviously around the country understand who you are, uh, whether it's voice of, you know, NFL football, the voice of the Phillies, uh, NCAA basketball, you, it's not just you love doing play-by-play, but you love sports. You love all these games, and it's like what, what is, and we can say family on it. I I get the whole thing, but like the, what what is taking up that mm. giant hole for you? Well, I mean, like everybody else, I mean, I I have tried to pass the time by doing stuff. Um, you know, the first day. Uh, I did a lot of things around the house, just like fixing things that I knew that I had to fix when I came back from spring training. Uh, day two is building a field hockey cage. Oh, um, you know, my youngest daughter is a high school field hockey player who is going to play in college and I'm trying to keep them as busy as possible. So I returned from uh, Lowe's after I, I tried to order one, but it doesn't seem like that's happening. I mean, and yeah. we all understand why. Uh, so I decided that I'm going to build one out of PVC piping. So I don't know how it's going to go, but all the materials are currently sitting in my pickup truck as we speak. So I've got it all laid out. I've got it all written out on how I'm going to do it. I think I have a pretty good idea how I'm going to put together. The only thing I need now is thinking about like the net for the back of it. Yeah. And I might use, I might use, um, I have extra fence wire, so I might use that. And I have to put like I have to put wood on the bottom, which is the sort of the kick plate of the whole thing. Yep. So that's going to take up, I'm thinking, a good portion of today, um, and then tomorrow when the weather clears in the northeast, uh, I'm actually putting up a batting cage in the backyard. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But so, see, like now we got to think about what's more important: the netting for the cage, of the you know the goal for field hockey, or <laughs> The cage, as in the baseball. Uh, like, I, w- I would tell you that it would probably be a split vote in the house. Um, and Patrick's not here right now, my oldest one. Yeah. So he's, you know, he would be the deciding vote. Ooh. So I don't, yeah, I don't know which way he would lean. Uh, but I, I do think we have it covered. I, do, I mean, the net, I mean, the cage is, I think we're good. I mean, we're going to, we're actually, we're actually borrowing it from Tommy's friend. Because uh, he's got to keep working, obviously, because yeah. he's at home. Um, so he's got to keep working. So, you know, workout and stuff like that, like the lifting and stuff, that's fine. But the hitting part of it, you know, there's not really many places to go right now because we're all, everybody's closing up shop. 
I've told you my, my field hockey prowess, right? You did not tell me that. Oh, I thought I did. My mom was a, a, a field hockey player, all, all league, all conference at San Jose State. Uh, stud, like three-year captain on the team. So, uh, yeah, uh, best family friends, their daughter, Erin, uh, who's like my sister, who wore number 19 at Cal. Uh, oh, really? For your brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but oh, just cool. in general, like it was it, – it's just a family. So, so – we would have these these times in in the summer where she would need workout partners, and so I would strap on the catcher's gear and I would get in the net. I get in the cage. That would be something that I would wish that the boys would do for her, because she would no doubt do it for them if they needed somebody to throw to them. Oh, I mean that I think it's an easy thing. Why? What, what is Tommy's like? What, why is he saying no? Why would he say no? Well, I don't think he's been asked yet, but I don't know if that would go over that way. I do think that's something that that might that might warrant a text message from you to say, "Hey, man, you should strap on your catcher's equipment and get in the cage." Dude, it's to... amazing. <laughs> I'm it's sure it's amazing. a pretty workout too. Oh, it's a great <laughs> workout, and then you get dominated. So it's it's even better. Yeah. Well, uh, so I'll, I'll send you a picture when I'm done with the cage. I can't I, wait. Well, I know you're like, a DIYer. Like you love to well, do, I'm not, but I'm not good at it. I do try to do it. You're a DIYer. Not, yeah, I'm not totally good with it. No one I'm tells you. No one gives you levels, though. Like that's the whole thing. We don't do levels. It's just like, are you a DIYer? Yeah, I am. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, listen. It, I, I would say that uh, you know, like Fransky's a really good DIYer. Um, See, that's a questionable thing. That is questionable, highly questionable in my mind. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think he just speaks a good game? Yep, yep. I mean, you hear the. I mean, the the, the tone of his voice is amazing. He can get you to to do some things. Just just in general, that that it shouldn't happen because his voice. So he can make you believe that he's a g- great DIYer. Well, I mean, I've just heard stories over the years. So. <laughs> um, I know he's a painter, but anyway, so he's I'll, great I'll send painter. photos. Yeah, I'll, I'll send photos and see and and see how it comes out. I may actually video it while I'm doing it, like video the, the portions of it. Um, Do a play by play for it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of hesitant though. Like some of it, some of the stuff that's on uh, the internet now is funny, but I don't know how people will say, "Man, that's so self serving." Like that type of stuff. You know what I mean? So I'm sort of hesitant on doing putting too much out uh on the internet right now why i mean here here's the deal if people have problems with certain things like this that's you like just is it you buying things is you talking about a a three hundred thousand dollar bentley that you bought that you just got you you know you gotta (laughs) play the season way to go tommy fam like i like my whole thing is like doing that stuff people have to understand read some of his well, Tom, was that what he was talking about? Yeah, so Tommy Pham came out and and with Bob Nightingale, and he was, you know, in the middle of it, they wrote it that he he wasn't trying to have people feel sorry for him or any of this, but you know, with his new contract and everything that he got, uh, he bought himself a three hundred thousand dollar Bentley, and he, oh my he, God. he he purchased or he's renting the top penthouse suite of a uh, a place in San Diego, and it's like, dude, get over it. Who cares? Yeah. Like I don't like even if you had that stuff, which is great for you. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. So I agree with that. It, it's like one of those things when if you want to do a DIY thing on on the internet, 
That is the best because well, it, it just shows be, people you're trying to do stuff. Like you're just like, yeah, I don't know. Be, it will be funny. So, so the best part is that I'm sitting there um, getting all the materials, and my brother-in-law, Meg's brother, is really, really handy. Like he's beyond DIY. Yeah, uh, he's just a show off. So I called him and said, "Hey, he's really good at it. I mean, he's really <laughs> good at it." So I said, "Hey, um, so when I put the pipes together, isn't there like a glue I've got to put on it?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, it's PVC glue." I said, "Oh, okay, I did see that." I said, "All right, cool." He goes, "But don't forget, you got to clean it first. I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, we got to clean the pipe before you put oh, the yeah. glue on. Well, I didn't know that. I would have <laughs> just put the glue on it. So then he goes, yeah, so put the whole thing together and then take it apart piece by piece and put the glue on it. And I was like, wait a minute. Why don't I just put the glue on it when I'm putting it together? He goes, no. well, you just got to make sure it works. Everything works properly. I was like, how long is this going to take? It, it's a two-step. <laughs> it's basically a two-step process. Like you just double everything because you got to do it once, take it apart. Do the glue. Now you're there. Well, but but do I have to take the whole thing apart? Yes. But you barely do it. You don't have to take, like, it, it's not like you have to yeah, start and, like, put piece, everything. Right? You just lightly take it off. Right. Okay. Just don't and sniff then, the glue okay. there. Right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so you're doing the DIY stuff. Uh, I, I think many people around are, are trying to do that. I'm going to I'm gonna engage on a puzzle. Um and you know me with my ADD, that's going to take uh, probably the rest yeah. of the time we're here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just know that people are trying to, to, to get through their time, but it's like this is going to go on for a while. Yeah, well, I'm also I'm also I'm, I'm thinking about writing a book. So, um, oh, children's yeah. book. No, no, actually, that's not a bad idea. I could do that. Um, no, Romance I, I novel. Might- I've been pushing. I've been, no, <laughs> yeah. So I've been, I've been, I've been throwing this idea around for the last few years, um, and I'm thinking about writing a book. Have you ever heard of Jim Constani, who played for the Phillies? I have. Yes. Yeah. 1950. 1950. You know, he was yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole year, and then started Game One of the World Series. Well, you know, there's a the, Rich Westcott wrote this story about. Uh, about him about I think it was about five years ago and then Frank Fitzpatrick from the Inquirer wrote a story about it too but it was originally when I, I read, the, read the story that Rich Westcott wrote it might have been in London five years ago I thought it would be cool to write this book about Constanti because he had this he had this guy um, who used to teach him or help him with his pitches and the guy was an undertaker what? So my thought is, yes, he's an undertaker up in upstate New York, where Constani was from. Constani went on to own a, a sporting goods store and be the AD at Hartwick uh, University, um, where he's in their Hall of Fame. Played at Syracuse, was a four-sport athlete in Syracuse, he and Jim Brown. Anyway, so this undertaker, actually, and, and the more I've, I've jumped into it, I have found out that it wasn't only the slider that he taught him, but it was also other sort of change up pitches and fastballs to kind of maneuver the, the movement of the baseball. So, and, and the story goes that in the sixties, Constanti was also a coach in the Cardinals organization. And uh, there was a young pitching prospect by the name of um, Steve Carlton, Whoa. who he worked with. So I'm trying to find out now whether he taught Carlton to throw how he threw a slider or to grip his slider or anything like that, which became obviously his, his big pitch. He called so, it the the uh, slider of death. This, yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe it so, was. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. We should dig deep into that. I don't know if you, you – did you read the article yesterday 
that was out in the athletic from Eno Saris and a bunch of other guys, J- Jason Stark, that they developed their own code breaker. I did. I actually didn't read it yet. I actually have it in a queue to read because um, I read a whole bunch of stuff yesterday. You know, Matt Gelb's story on Larry Boa was awesome. Yep. Uh, Jim Salisbury wrote a story about the guys, you know, from Eddie from Delco's, yep. you know, who we've obviously dealt with uh, quite often over the years. Um, yeah. So we're, uh, so I'm going to read that today. That's pretty cool about the code breaker. It, it's crazy though, because, uh, and I, I knew that this was coming out for a while. So I talked to, you know, about it and, you know, he was asking, you know, what do you think? And I was like, wow, that's incredible. He goes, well, we came out with it. You know, we have it. Um, What's crazy is we know that there's so many franchises that have it or something like it because it's so easy to do. Um, and so that that might be because, you know, I'm so really teaching myself how to do all this Excel stuff for the scorecards and, and everything. I'm like, man, I want yeah, to see, see if I can do this. You're an Excel savant. Well, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. Um, but it, so it, it brings up the question. Um and in the art, I don't want to ruin the article for you or for the readers that haven't read it yet. But the Athletic has this great article on it, um, and the algorithm, and they were doing it with Max Scherzer, and uh, you know, because he's got these complicated signs that when I was with him in spring training of fifteen, when he just signed with the Nationals, and it was like the first day of you know his first start, it was against the Mets at night, and I'm going, "What the hell are your signs?" <laughs> and he said it real quick, and I'm going, "Oh." Dude, and Trevor Bauer had a set that he came out with, which I actually liked. Um, and his were, uh, you know, he could change at any point in time. And it would be, if anyone was on base, it'd be, so what base they're occupied. So first is con- consider one, uh, second base, two, and that's the number of base. So first and second, there's three. So three, pe- there, there are three bases counted, so it would be the third sign. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. And so if it, now you go over to to third base, it'd be the sixth sign. Um, and I actually, I was like thinking with myself, I'm going, why haven't we been thinking about all these different ways? Like, you know, the code breaker thing is there. Manfred's talked about it, and I want to, you know, your thoughts on it. Like, because the pitch by pitch thing just makes me mad, right? It just like you're actually having a direct correlation and a direct effect on games. That's why everyone is so upset at the Astros. Right. It was used in the wrong way and they're cheating on, you know, this whole thing. What, what, not your take on the Astros, but like what this thing that the code breaker is so easy to, to do. I, I mean, are we at the tip of the iceberg on this whole thing going like, well, well I, how far I are do, people going to go? Do, yeah. I do think we're at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this. Although I do, I, I believe that, I do, I do think baseball has taken a step back from it. So, I, I mean, I'm a believer that if you steal signs when you're at second base or if you're the third base coach and you can pick out signs, um, you know, you, you've always been good with being able to, to pick out what pitches the, the pitcher is tipping yeah. and things like that. Like, that stuff is totally fine. I'm Absolutely. totally fine with any of that stuff. Anything that is aided by audio or anything else – outside of on the field i am totally against i mean i obviously totally against that you know so i think baseball has taken a step back from it that it's not going to be prevalent in the foreseeable future but i think when people start to i don't forget about what the astros did 
or let their guard down, then there's going to be other stuff that's going to happen. I mean, there's no doubt there's going to be other stuff that's going to happen. There's nothing good that's come out of this whole thing with with, with the coronavirus and everything. But I will say that with a big caveat on this whole thing. But in the in the world of baseball, what is one thing that really no one's talking about? The well, they're not talking about that. Right. I agree with that. And and I'm not going to say that Manfred was hoping for this. Nothing. Uh, it's not that that's that, that's beyond that. But for Major yeah. League Baseball in general, when they think, okay, about their sport, they're having to be – right now they're taking a deep breath going, okay, so how do we go forward? It's like I, I, I equate this to that time period between November and January where, where Major League Baseball, you know, everyone knew that something was going to come out. Something about the Astros is coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's, it's can Major League Baseball do better as far as what the Astros didn't do and set themselves up for, you know, what's coming. Uh, how can they you, – and, and I'm not talking about the Astros thing. I'm just talking about in general. Like they have maybe two months, eight weeks to get on the same page, to make sure that things are right. And we, you and I have talked, uh, you know, in the, the parking lot about can this help going forward uh, for CBA stuff. And it, it worries me that, that players and owners are, are not going to look at this and say, we can't strike. Like we can't. This this has to, like right now we're we're seeing what it what it's like to not have baseball, not have well, sports. Well, but do you do you actually think that they'll? I, I mean, I, it's still a business. I agree. I agree. I, I'm I'm just hoping that it, it just it, it further it goes further along to, uh, you know, make things right and get things on the right track. And and it doesn't yeah. mean you have to come to agreement right now, but put you guys on the same playing field. With well, the, I will be. I will tell you that I was surprised that the NFL passed its um, its new CBA. I really was. I thought that that would be that would take some time. So that that leaves me optimistic mm-hmm. that if they were able to pass it, and I know it was a very slight passage, you know, there it was it was as close as close gets. Didn't they have but like four hundred guys not vote? Well, that's exactly it. I can't believe that they didn't force those guys to vote. Uh. I really can't believe it. Like, what would baseball do if they ha- if they didn't have guys vote? Wouldn't you call up and say, "Hey, yes. dude, you got to vote." Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I mean, I, I just like it's important. It, it, it's it's like baseball, football, all these things are like little microcosms of America, right? To get out and right. vote, get out and do that. Well, it's the America. same thing. America, yeah, yeah, yeah. America. So well, so 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 I that that's that's left me optimistic. Now, as far as the code breaker stuff goes. The one thing that's uh, that 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 uh, what I deduced from that article is that there are p- other people that have not been punished for it. Is is I guess what you're saying, right? Like, well, they're they're not being punished because they're not using it like the Astros were. No, no, no. I know that, but like the Astro, I'm saying that the Astros people. Oh yeah. When, yeah. when I read the first couple paragraphs and said, you know, it was an Excel thing. They were called the code breakers. All this other stuff. What I'm saying is that, you know, those guys weren't punished. No. Like the, whoever they – the interns were that nope. broke the codes. They're still there. Uh, they're but what still we know of, they're still there. You know, these are people that in some ways – I mean, a lot of them, you know, weren't baseball players. They didn't play in Little League. They didn't play in high school. They didn't play in college. They just loved the game of baseball, which I get. And it's their way of doing it. You know, do are they held accountable? I don't know. I mean, you know, so that's – I think that that story, if we had not gone into – um, you know the 
the cancellation or postponement of spring training, yeah, that story would have had even more legs, I think, anyway. Yeah, I just I and you know they'll retweet it and they'll keep it going throughout I think yeah. the year, but it's it's crazy to think that like we're we're in such a, a a place right now where that's not even a topic. It was so hot and it wasn't like a like a like a couple days thing. I thought like, it really was going to be a couple days and we we're going to blow it off. Like just why we do blow off like major issues in general. Uh, it oh, actually, you thought it was going to be you were going to blow it off. No, I, I actually did because, I, I, you know, you look at how we are in, in our country and I feel like when certain things happen, uh, you know, people pass away or, you know, bad things, it's not talked about after a certain X amount of time. Yeah. And this one lasted. This one was hot for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and again, I think a lot of it, some of it was it cost this guy money. Mm-hmm. Um it, it cost this guy money. It, you know, gave this guy more money, you know, so it, a lot of it came down to the financial part of it, too. Isn't it? It always, it always does. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Tom, we got to have our uh, our Phillies talk now. Okay. Um, you know, a lot. Of, we're a week from a week removed from the last spring training game, which we had no idea was going to be the last spring training game. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Fourteen five and and one, right? Um, you know that hasn't been done uh, for the Phillies in a long time, and and I get it. We're we're talking about spring training, and I've discussed this on air. Uh, I had this talk with Patrick. I was like, it's not about like just you don't look at the records. You look at how they go about things. Was this the most fundamentally sound spring training you have seen from the Phillies in quite some time? Uh, yes, I would say yes. Um, so uh, I, I recently did an interview with uh, WIP and, and we were talking about um, we were talking about spring training. And I said, fundamentally sound, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I said, the, the other thing that I got out of it was it was actually it was it was as relaxed a spring training as we've had. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? Like there was yeah. no. Was it just. There was so much going on around us that you weren't really affected by it. Like you just said, I don't know. I just think you felt like it was in really good hands, if that makes any sense. Oh, it it does. And look, it's not anything. We've all talked about our personal relationships that we had with Gabe Kapler. And, you know, Gabe worked his butt off, but there was an intensity about him that, that it wears on you. And almost, a, almost like a head football coach, like, uh, yes. and in spring training, I think the, the guys that the, the managers head coaches and anything are able to make sure that their players never feel drained, but get, or get to that top and never spill over. Right. They just never, right, right. never let it be. Um, Joe Girardi has like being two years removed from running a spring training or, you know, however you leading the spring training. I mean, the guy, it, it was like old hat. Like, it just. It was like old hat. It was. It was like old hat. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about it. In in our short, like, I mean, because through the offseason talking to, to Joe Girardi, does he remind you of anyone that you've been around as far as, like, Philadelphia and whether it's head coaches, players, I don't know, just uh, just his mentality? Boy, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, You know, I. 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Because there's intensity there. Yes. There's a cordialness there. Um, I say he's Larry. I, I, I've said this, and I'm not on air because I don't want people just to trash me. So I'm going to say it right here. I think he's like the perfect mix, mixture of Larry Boa and Charlie Manuel. Yeah, like, that could be it. I actually looked at Rich Doobie like the oh, way yeah. he used to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, intense, organized, but sort of relaxed when you talk to him. Almost a Dick uh, Vermeule-like. Well, boy, that would be a great comparison if that's how it turned out. Because, I mean, Dick to this day. Let me tell you this story about Dick Vermeule. San Jose so, State. He's a, he's a well, legend. I didn't. I forgot that he had played there. Yeah. Um, so so I'm, I'm talking to him. We're, I was doing an ESPN radio show for years before you came to Philadelphia. Uh, and it's when I was doing the pre and post game show. And I was doing an interview with him and he was moving. I guess he had this horse farm and he was moving to a different house and we we're scheduled to do this interview. And he said to me, we're, we're talking, he goes, the movers aren't here yet. And I was like, <laughs> well, what time are the movers supposed to be? He goes, they're supposed to be here an hour ago. Oh God. And he was like, oh man, that's frustrating. He goes, yeah, do you think I should call? And I said, what, the moving company? And he goes, yeah. I said, yes, I would. I definitely think you should call. He goes, yeah, I should call. He goes, can I call you back after I call him? <laughs> I said, Dick Vermeil, you can do whatever you want. So he called the he called the moving company. They were apparently they went to the wrong address. Oh. So I mean, literally, I I had only met him one other time. I was on the phone with him for about a half hour before we did the interview. After he had called the moving company because he was so mad at the moving company. It's unbelievable. It was, just, it was really really funny. But what a I mean, what a great guy. What so, what would have been better is if he would have three-wayed you in there. Like if he would have yeah, just exactly. hey, hang on a second. No, you hear Honestly, the... I don't think the technology was there at the time. <laughs> um, but it, listen, if if that's what it is, then that that's I mean, then it's huge. It's huge. I mean, listen, you, as you and I talked about, we like Gabe as a person, but this is definitely, you know, it's it's a little bit more back to the normal baseball world that we're sort of accustomed to and really it's probably going to be the combination of analytics and and just pure gut that you kind of need. Yeah, and in a city like this. Well, I I, I think it's huge because uh, you look at you know Joe Girardi. He has the resume and everything, but like the one thing that people oh he's so, so old school. It's like this guy's a forward thinker. And, yeah, and you, he, <laughs> he's he's definitely old school, but I do think that he uses the numbers to you know enhance what he's what he's thinking. I really do. Um. And, 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 you know, part of, of my obsession with talking to you about other sports in general is because you get to be around some of the, the greatest head coaches in whether it's yeah. college basketball, the NFL, uh, Major League Baseball. You, you, you have a relationship with all these guys. And it's like I'm obsessed with leaders like I, I, I love leadership. I love people that have, you know, it's not just about the, the resume of being great. It's, mm-hmm. you know, like the Jay Wrights of the world to stay in Villanova to win to stay there and know that that this is this place right here. I am making people better, not just basketball players, but people. Like just, and, and so seeing a Joe Girardi, you get that feeling, right? I mean, like that's yeah. like his every day. He's, yeah. he's making someone's yeah. different uh, uh, yeah. life different. Yeah, because people ask me, they said, "How much is he like Charlie?" I said, "Well, he's not like Charlie." Um, I said, "But from a game management standpoint, he's like Charlie." Mm-hmm. But I said, "Charlie was a different leader." I mean, you know that from playing yep. with him. Um, I said, but this guy, this guy definitely gets it. I mean, he gets everything that you need to understand when it comes to 
you know, the, I think what you said too, being out of the game for two years, like he hasn't missed a beat. Now, a lot of that's Rob Thompson has helped him with that because he runs spring training, but he hasn't missed a beat. And I think the fact that he was in our, our industry for a couple of years, yeah. that I think has helped him also. Um, and you know, uh, other things with, with spring in general, the, you know, the pitchers, we, we saw Jake we, a few times, Aaron Nola a few times, Zach Wheeler a few times, uh, Vince Velasquez, Nick Pavetta, Ranger Suarez, who basically, I wouldn't say he wasn't talked about as far as the, the fifth spot. Um, but he really wasn't talked about <laughs> And he made himself known in this whole thing. Yeah. Where do you see that whole thing playing out when we get back? Well, yeah, see, I think I think this is my opinion, that because Liriano has been so good in the bullpen, that they are the, the advantage for the Phillies now is that they could put Ranger Suarez in the rotation and have him be the number five guy. And it's a totally different look mm-hmm. than anything else you have. Now, will they do that? I don't know if they are, Kev. It, would I do that? I probably would do that. And again, it depends on the health of everybody else. Is Adam Morgan healthy? I think he is. Um, you know, obviously Alvarez is another lefty. Liriano's the third lefty. So you have three, three prevalent lefties. Yeah, non Lugi guys. Not non guys guys that can get both righty and lefties out. Exactly. And again, that's what Suarez could do. So that's where. So why not? Why not give it a try? He's he's a starting pitcher his entire time. I, as much as I, I like Vince as a person, I still think he could be serviceable in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pavetta, if you put him down in AAA, he it may not be the happiest time for him. Uh, I think his stuff has been better. I really do, uh, and I do think Brian Price is going to help him. Uh, but. Part of me wonders, is it, is it time to, you know, maybe put a different look in that rotation and put a Ranger Suarez out there and see what he can If it doesn't work out, then you have these other guys you can lean on. Yeah, and I, what I think is crazy is if you add, like, a Ranger Suarez in there, the looks, right? So you you add that yep. look, the difference. Um, I talk about uh, on the MLB Network radio show that I do, the or shows, whatever it is, um, that Zach Granke is a really good pitcher. He's not a great pitcher, but he's a really good pitcher. He's a great pitcher behind Verlander. Yeah. He was a great pitcher in the middle of Verlander and Cole. Um, without like a Verlander without Cole there, he becomes right. that, that good to really good pitcher. And you wonder if, if Ranger Suarez, it's not about being Zach Granke, but he makes those other guys around him better, right? You put yeah. him right in between them. Do you, you think right. that's something? A diff- there's a different look. Yeah. I, I absolutely think that's something. I think that absolutely is something. And I think that's something – that you could utilize to your advantage if you're if you're the Phillies, I really do. Um, but again, it, it, I think we'll have, I think it's going to be an expedited three weeks leading up to whenever the season begins, if not yeah. longer. What we've seen so far could totally change because these guys are being left on their own now to to get themselves ready for whatever the season starts, and you know that's important. What they do now. I'm never, and I know you're not going to tell fans how how to be and act on on certain things. But does this? It's. I I like to say that you don't have the right to bitch now, right? If we get into this thing and we only have a hundred games left or whatever it may be, I'm not. Oh, it's a sprint. It's a sprint. This is one. This is that year that we, as fans, because we just don't know. 
like don't take it for granted. And and you yeah. if you want to, you know, you know, bitch about your team, that that that's your call. But this is that time to just like throw everything in there. Whenever that time may be, throw everything in and be like, "Let's go." This could well, be cuz it's up for if it's down to that that many uh teams or or that many games, we we think about the past like you can go year by year and go, "Look at how many teams are way ahead at, at 100 games, you know, like those a, young teams, and then they just that's die what down. Gonna, that's what I was going to say. It, 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 this is the year that a team, let's say the Seattle Mariners, yep, a team that you just didn't expect would contend in the West could possibly win the West. Yeah. Um, or, you know, because like you said, there's always that team that – look at the Pirates last year. Yep, they great, jumped great out, call. They jumped out to this huge this – huge uh, I mean, they weren't in first place every day, but they were they were within reach. And then they just they were thirty games under five hundred in the second half of the year. So this this is one of those years that somebody can get off to a really good start. I mean, the Phillies would have won the division the last two years if it had been the first whatever games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I can people still complain? Yeah, I mean, they're going to anyway. Yeah, but absolutely. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. That it could definitively be one of those years where you kind of have to say, "All right, well, you know, we did miss the first two months of the season." Yeah, I, I just I can't get out of my mind that the the, the last if we do get the chance to to see, no. you know, at least a hundred games, just the free for all that it could yeah, be. Yeah, I think I think a hundred games. I think that's what it's going to be. And you know what? I think it's the hundred games that you're going to sit back and go, "Man, I never thought we were going to get it." And at the end yeah. of the day, it's going to be one hell of a year. Yeah, like that, a hundred game. But you know what? What happens with service time? What happens with the drafts? Mm-hmm. There's so many things in the next month or so that are going to be. Well, all those college I, kids that don't get that opportunity to play yeah. and, and and get that, or high school kids as well to get that opportunity to, yeah. you know, earn a chance to get drafted. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I have, I have a son who's playing independently baseball. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with his season. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll play it eventually, but what does it mean for him? I don't know. Um, it, it, that's that that part of it is hard. I mean, when you when you when you look at it, because you know, for for somebody like a lot of writers are writing about what minor leaguers are doing now. What people don't realize, they don't get paid in spring training. No. They get meal money. Yeah but they don't get paid. So now they have to kind of go back to their homes and are they working? Are they working out? How are they doing it? And that's the, you know, that's the biggest thing. Oh, you know, something that I do know. What's that? You're the best. Uh, And I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped that you gave me time today. Uh, because look, it's important that you need to go build that field hockey cage. Field hockey cage. Way to, way to say it properly, Kev. Well, it's amazing. Yeah, you got to know like, the rules though. The short corner, got to get ready for the short corner. Yeah. Oh. Well, here's the thing: you better use it now. Well, that yeah, that's the other thing. The question I have, like you, you talk about Tommy and Patrick possibly getting in the net or in the cage. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, I would definitely do that. I, see that that's because dead. because I would do it. I would do it for the the sheer purpose of telling her that she would never score on me, <laughs> and it would drive her crazy until I. Added to the cage. Hashtag girl dad right there. That's exactly right. Right there. Well, Tom, I appreciate you coming up to Pine Talk right, for breakfast. Buddy. And uh, I will be talking to you as I always do. Um, and thank you. 
All right, buddy. You got it. Anytime. See ya. That's Tom McCarthy. And to me, no one's better as a person, as a broadcaster, and just someone that enjoys the Phillies, the life, sports. We talk it all. And, man, I love it. I already miss him calling games. But until then, this is another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast at Kevin Franzen. Make sure to hit me up on Twitter. Give me some thoughts to talk about. I mean, this is let's make this thing the best thing ever. All right, let's get our time away from, from the confusion. And let's bring some happiness. Peace. Kevin Franzen out of Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.